0: that's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The CWR Talk Network is not just another talk radio network. We are the champion for important causes and issues like financial literacy. That is why so many people listen to the Lionel Shipman Shape Your Finances show. Lionel is a seasoned veteran in the finance industry. But more importantly, Lionel cares about people. He shares his vast knowledge of the finance world in a personal way that goes beyond dollars and cents with advice that makes sense. So let Lionel help you get your finances in order or avoid costly errors in judgment that may be devastating to you and your family. Listen to the Lionel Shipman Check Your Finances show every Tuesday exclusively on the CWR Talk Network at 8.30 p.m. Eastern, 7.30 p.m. Central. And hello and welcome to the Lionel Shipman Shape Your Finances show here on the CWR Talk Network, and I am your host, Lionel Shipman. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight. I want to give a huge shout out and a huge thank you to all of my regular listeners. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight. And following me for, we're going to be coming up on three years, I believe, in September. So thank you so much for the support. And thank you to all of my new listeners. And hopefully you will become my regular listeners going forward. So thank you so much for tuning in tonight as well. And ultimately, I want to thank God for another day to make a positive difference in the lives of other people. Well, for all my new listeners, my radio show is a financial and life empowerment show focusing in on improving your financial outlooks. But I'm not here just to do that. I'm here to give you some life lessons. That means educating you into other important areas of life, mind, body, and spirit, to help you live life to the fullest. So in a nutshell, I am here to help you. Well, tonight uh, is another solo show night. Yes, I don't have a guest for tonight, but uh, I was contemplating, you know, about two weeks ago, I did a segment called Black History Financial Perspective. And I said at the end of that show that I probably will be doing a part two of that. Well, tonight is part two of that segment. So I have some more facts to give you. I have some other uh, information to provide to us uh, regarding the wealth gap between black America and white America. So please stay tuned as we uh, get to that segment. If you don't know, you can listen to all of my shows on demand. Uh, we are on, uh, you can catch me on Stitcher, Spreaker, Google Play, iTunes, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Also, I would encourage you to visit my website at ShipmanConsulting.com. Again, that's ShipmanConsulting.com. And if you click on the uh, banner for the show, it'll take you over to the radio show page, a page that I have pretty much created and dedicated to the show. And it has a gallery of all of the guests that have been here on the show Uh, Since since the show started back in 2017, but it also you'll see some solo shows what I call it solo shows when I don't have a guest you just pretty much me talking or teaching, but I have some great segments that we have covered over the last two and a half years, Uh, we have touched on a variety of different financial and business and life topics. Uh, so I would encourage you to go there and, and binge listen to some of the uh, episodes or some of the segments there and click on some of the guests and hear their conversation with me and uh, a lot of good information, a wealth of information. So I'm very appreciative for all of the guests that have been here on the show and for all of my guests that will be uh, that are on schedule to be on the show going forward. So I just want to give a huge shout out, a huge thank you to all of my guests Thank you so much for being part of the Shape Your Finances show. Tonight, the call-in number, which uh, I know that from time to time I have people that will call in just to listen. Uh, I may not be taking questions tonight because of the topic at hand. I want to make sure that I'm able to get in as much information uh, as I possibly can. But if you wanted to call in to the show, uh, the number is 917 917- 8898078. You can call in and listen, but only if I had time would I be able to take any questions or comments, and that's only for tonight's segment. Well, if you haven't heard, I got my finance book published. Yes, finally here now. Had it published back at the end of uh, January, the book is called "Money Responsibly: Money Responsibly." You can um, get my book on Amazon, or you can go to my website, shipmentconsulting.com, click on the Contact Us page, and put in your request for an autographed copy of the book. It's the same price, but I want to make sure that uh, I've had many people asking for an autographed copy, so I I am able to provide those, but you have to go to my website at shipmentconsulting.com, submit your request, and we will make sure that we get a copy in your hands. Now, that book, or that book, I can't believe I said that book, Money Responsibly, my book, is a useful and resourceful tool for people who want to build a foundation of understanding basic money skills and to increase their financial knowledge. It will help you look at uh, how your money mindset was established. It will also uh, get you to look at how you view money, and help you make the necessary adjustments in life so that you can become empowered to control and manage your financial life. So I would encourage you to purchase that book. I'll be most appreciative of purchasing the book. Uh, You can get it on Amazon, like I stated, but you can also get an autographed copy by putting in your request on my website, and that's at shipmentconsulting.com. Okay, let's get started. Uh, Tonight, like I said, this is part two. And uh, of this segment called Black uh, History Financial Perspective. So we've been we went way back in history to kind of want to cover some things that I would say were some contributing factors that would somewhat explain the wealth gap between black America and white America. And uh, I'm also going to at the first segment, I talked about a lot of different uh, facts. I put out a lot of different um, uh, statistics. I would encourage you to go back and listen to that first uh, segment. In addition to hearing the one for tonight, but I would encourage you to go back and listen to the initial segment. It has a lot of good information in there, and hopefully, it's been uh, rewarding uh, to you to go back in history to see how things developed years ago and how we are, uh, where we are right now. So now, like I said uh, last or two weeks ago, this is a new segment for me. I have never done a segment like this, but I thought it would be a great topic to talk about. Now, I'm not a history teacher, and I would not consider myself to be a history uh, buff by any means. Uh, But learning our history is vital. Now, we're here celebrating in the month of February, uh, Black History Month. And as I stated earlier, and probably on, on numerous occasions, black history, uh, is, should be celebrated every day because it is a part of American history. So we need to learn this part of history as well. Now, black history is important to everyone, black, like white, blue, or green, because it's a part of American history. You heard me talk about when I came through school, I didn't learn all history. Now, I don't know if it was because some of my teachers maybe were not comfortable in teaching everything, or maybe they were afraid, or they just didn't know. But either way, we didn't have the opportunity to learn uh, this part of history, which is a part of American history. So I'm just wanted to kind of shed some light from a financial perspective of what led to the current wealth gap that, uh, that we have right here in the states between white America and black America. So I'm only hitting the surface of this history. So I would encourage you, I would encourage all of us, to research and learn the history for yourself. Go back and listen to the first segment. I mentioned a number of different uh, uh, research studies, uh, different sources uh, to look at, But uh, make sure you take time to learn this history. It's very important, vitally important. So tonight I want to continue on with some historical facts, but I also want to go into some other uh, information as well, because I I, I put out on social media, you know, where do we go from here? So I'm going to sum that up at the very end, uh, some things that I believe that we can do going forward. Now, let's get started. And like I said, this is, This is a segment, I just want to just go right into it. Now, this information that I'm going to mention tonight, to start off with, uh, this information was compiled and authored by uh, Derek Hamilton. He is the executive director of the Kirwan Institute for the Study of Race and Ethnicity at the Ohio State University, and also Trevon Logan. He is the Hazel C. Youngbird Distinguished Professor of Economics at The Ohio State University. Now, this was first published by The Conversation, and it's called Why Wealth Equality Remains Out of Reach for Black Americans. So I just want to kind of give some, some topics or some, some, some points uh, from uh, uh, this study or this, uh, this information that was compiled by both of those professors. While blacks did maintain or uh, did make some gains in acquiring wealth after slavery ended, the pace was very slow and pretty much started from a base of essentially nothing. Whites could use violence to force blacks from their property uh, uh, using what they call white capping. I've never heard that term before, but it's where blacks were literally run out of town, and their possessions were stolen give you a, give you an example. You may have heard of the race riots in Memphis, Tennessee, and in Tulsa. Both of those race riots systematically destroyed and stole the wealth blacks had acquired and lowered the rate of black innovation. It's sad, but it's true. You remember in the first show I'm all about the truth, and sometimes the truth will make you uncomfortable. It will make you uneasy, but I'm a believer of Christ, and I believe that the truth can set you free, so hopefully this information will set us all free as we continue to learn our history. I want to talk a little bit about or give a quick summary of the race riots in Memphis, Tennessee. On May 1st and 2nd in 1866, Memphis suffered its worst race riot in history. Some 46 African Americans and two whites died during the riot. A joint congressional committee reported 75 persons injured, 100 persons robbed, five women raped, 91 homes burned, four churches and eight schools burned and were destroyed, and 17,000 in federal property was destroyed. Hundreds of blacks were jailed, and almost all other freedmen fled town until the disturbance ended. For two days, white mobs, which included policemen, firemen, and some businessmen, attacked the Freedmen's Camp, and Neighborhoods. The Memphis riots reflected the anger and the frustration felt by many white citizens, and particularly former Confederates, who had suffered the agony of a bitter defeat at the hands of the black and white Union Army. You remember I talked a little bit about that on last week. Irish immigrants who had sided with the Confederacy especially hated the freedmen who dominated the skilled and unskilled jobs that had previously served as a mechanism for upward mobility in the Irish community. Some downtown businessmen participated in the mob because they resented the hordes of penniless freedmen on the street. Other rioters wanted revenge for the union occupation. The use of of African-American soldiers as patrolmen with power to order whites to move on was especially galling to many. Finally, the riots reflected the attitudes of most white citizens toward the former slaves who were then free and soon demanding equal rights. Now let's jump quickly to the the story of the events around Tulsa, Oklahoma. Most of Tulsa, Of the 10,000 black residents that lived, they lived in a neighborhood called Greenwood, which a lot of us refer to, or it has been referred to as Black Wall Street. On May 30th, 1921, a young black teenager named Dick Rowland entered an elevator in a building. At some point, there was a young lady, white lady in there operating the elevator. She screamed, and Roland fled from the scene, and police were called, and the next day, Roland was uh, arrested. As the evening fell, an angry white mob was gathering outside the courthouse, demanding that the sheriff turn over Roland to them. But the sheriff refused. They actually had to barricade themselves on the top floor to protect this black man. After shots were fired and chaos broke out, the outnumbered group of blacks retreated to Greenwood. Over the next several hours, groups of white Tolsons, some who were deputized and given weapons by city officials, committed numerous acts of violence against blacks, including shooting an unarmed man in a movie theater. As dawn broke on June 1st, Thousands of white citizens poured into Greenwood, looting and burning homes and businesses over an area of 35 city blocks. According to the Red Cross estimate, some 1,256 homes were burned. 215 others were looted but not torched. Two newspapers, a school, a library, a hospital, churches, Hotels, stores, and many other black-owned businesses were among the buildings that were burned and damaged by fire. By the time the National Guard arrived and declared martial law shortly before noon, the riot had effectively ended. But the massacre took the lives of 36 people, including 10 whites. Now, that's just a rough estimate. Historians believe it was much higher than that. But the Tulsa Race Massacre stood as one of the deadliest riots in U.S. history. Let us back up a little bit. By 1915, black property owners in the South had less than one-tenth of the white landowners. One-tenth of the wealth of white landowners. Hmm. Now, this trend remained that way for roughly 50 years. So in 1965, which was 100 years after the emancipation, blacks were more than 10% of the population, but held less than 2% of the wealth in the U.S. Wealth had remained fundamentally unchanged and structurally out of reach for most black Americans. Now, last week, excuse me, two weeks ago, I mentioned about there were, unfortunately, government uh, intervention that prevented blacks from uh, uh, gaining wealth. And a lot of instances held black people from prospering made it even harder for black people to prosper. And like I said, this is American history. This is some of the history that I know that I was never taught in school. And I'm so glad now to be able to read this for myself to learn and now understanding why there's such a big difference in the wealth and in sometimes even in the income level between black and white America. It stemmed way back when, and some of the effects are still going on right now. So I mentioned about a couple of uh, government intervention or government factors that hindered uh, the progress of blacks. The GI Bill is often held as one of President Roosevelt's most enduring legacies. It helped usher millions of working-class veterans through college and into new homes and the middle class. The federal government invested heavily in the greatest growth of a white, asset-based American middle class to the exclusion of blacks. While the bill did not explicitly exclude black veterans, the way it was administered often did. The bill gave veterans access to mortgages with no down payments But the VA, the Veterans Administration, adopted the same racially restrictive policies as the Federal Housing Administration, better known as FHA, which guaranteed bank loans only to developers who would not sell to black people and had a clause in the deed that prohibited even the resale to black people. Furthermore, FHA subsidized white families to move out of urban areas into suburban areas, all white only, knowing that blacks could not move into. Here's another one, another point. The GI benefits in education, employment, entrepreneurship, and housing assistance were all distributed overwhelmingly toward whites. In the Jim Crow segregated South, there was a truncated housing supply. These factors limited the ability of historically black colleges and universities to accommodate the education and the housing needs of black veterans. Now, it's important to note that it was never the case that a white asset-based middle class simply emerged. Rather, it was a government policy And to to some extent, literal government giveaways that provided whites the finance, education, land, and infrastructure to accumulate and pass down wealth. In contrast, blacks were largely excluded from these wealth-generating benefits. When they were able to accumulate land and enterprise, it was often stolen destroyed or seized by government complicit theft fraud and terror so unfortunately government had a hand in preventing the prosperity of black people even back in the 1800s coming into the 1900 it's the truth it's part of American history And I'm all about the truth. So where do we go from here? Where do we go? What can we do? Based upon all that we've heard tonight, all that we've heard on last week, and hopefully you're beginning to study for yourself. Now let's look at where do we go from here from a financial perspective. I got a few points that I I would like to uh, just point out tonight. Here's the first point. Where do we go from here? Take time to learn the history of our country, the truth, all of the history, not parts, not just the good parts, not not just the feel-good parts. Learn the good, the bad, and the ugly. Do your own research. Check numerous sources when you do it. Keep this in mind when you do it. I want you to compare it to what you learned or what you thought was true and factual. If you determine what you learned years ago was incorrect, you must accept the truth, change your mind, and accept and live out the truth going forward. Now, for some of us, that's going to be difficult to receive. I have always learned that when the light comes on and things are bright, I have to learn to live in the light going forward. Even though it may feel uncomfortable, even though it may contradict what I was taught, but when the truth comes, I have to walk in truth. And I encourage all of you to walk in truth. Living in the light may challenge your relationships, it may challenge your friendships. And I say this to all of my brothers and sisters, white and black. If the truth disagrees with what you learned years ago, or if it goes against what you were taught, you must accept the truth, live in the truth going forward from a financial perspective, but also in every part of life. So make it your goal to learn black history, because it is American history. Second point, and like I said, this, I know probably some of you are saying, well, this is, a, this is supposed to be a financial show. This is a financial show. I'm dealing with and talking about uh, the wealth gap here in America, what, how it originated, and some of the problems that we're yet having even now. Even though we've had great strides, we've come a long way. But we have a long way to go as well. So let me get to my second point. Second point, search your heart. If there's anything you need to change from the inside that will reflect on the outside, do it. Look for ways to stand up for what is right and equitable for all people. Don't contribute to the problem that we're faced with today, but be a solution to the problem. Next point. Learn sound money skills. That's pretty much the basis of why uh, I, was, I was asked to be uh, a host of this show. That is one of the reasons why I host this show. Because my heart and mind, my, my, my passion, my goal is to teach people sound money skills. To teach us to be most responsible with money to improve our financial outlooks. So listen to my show. Read my postings on social media. Read my book. Attend my seminars and my workshops. But also look to other financial educators in society. Read their books. Attend their seminars and their workshops. Do what it takes to improve and maintain a positive financial outlook. Keep learning. Make the necessary changes in your life so that you can live life to the fullest. Okay, let's go to the next point. Help someone along your journey. If, it, if I can't say anything else, um, after you have learned and you're doing well in life, always reach back. To someone else. As you learn, teach someone else, and especially your children, if you have any, or the next generation, teach them about financial management. Also, teach them about the history of what happened here in our country. Remember, black history is American history. Now, don't teach it just so we won't repeat it. Teach it so we can learn from it as well. One of the greatest treasures I can leave my two girls is not money money and riches. It's knowledge and know-how. I can leave them a whole lot of money, but if I don't teach them my experience, my understanding with money, my mistakes, my successes, my principles My skills How to maximize money so it can grow If I don't teach them how to budget To save, to invest, to give I'm, 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 I'm useless It's no benefit if I cannot pass this information down To my children And to someone else Because money can go away as fast As it comes So keep that in mind. And lastly, make sure that laws that we have right now stay in place that will ensure equality and fairness for everyone. Stand up for what is right. Speak out against what is wrong. It's time out for staying silent. Make a difference in your community. Make a difference in our world. Be the change you want to see. And seeing that is that this is a financial show, be the change you want to see from a financial perspective. Be the example. Be responsible with your money. And make sure you pass down that wisdom, that knowledge, your experiences, your mistakes, your successes down to the next generation. And as I close, I am a believer of the scripture that talks about the truth. I believe that the truth sets you free or makes you free. Now, I have to say, this segment or these two segments have been most rewarding to me. Like I told you at the show two weeks ago, I went through a range of emotions. When I was reading and doing my research uh, regarding the wealth gap, from anger to excited to disappointed to glad, I mean, a lot of different things went through my head. But I know the truth now, and the truth sets me free. So I have learned. Now I'm able to apply what I've learned. Now I'm able to make changes as necessary. Now I'm able to teach other people and I'm able to teach my children regarding this segment of our history. Now hopefully this information gives some light or, or sheds some light on the wealth gap between black America and white, and white America. Like I said, there's so much history that we need to learn and understand. And I believe that we can all overcome, we can all do better when we learn our history, when we can be honest with each other, when we can uh, tell the whole truth and create ways for all of us to live together. Now, I have a lot more research to do about the financial history of our country, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Now, as I mentioned earlier, we have come a long way, but we have a ways to go. Now, hopefully, you have enjoyed this segment. And like I said, I'm not a history buff. I'm not a history teacher. Uh, this was this segment was totally different than what I've ever done from a financial perspective. But hopefully, it has shed some light, is giving you some understanding of where we are here in our country regarding the wealth uh, gap, regarding wealth inequality between Black American and White America. So. That's a wrap. Hopefully, you've enjoyed it. I have been I have thoroughly enjoyed uh, speaking, and hopefully, you will continue to tune into my show. So, I want to say thank you so much for tuning into the Lionel Shipman Shape Your Finances show. You can catch my show every Tuesday night at eight thirty p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And if you haven't touched base with me on social media, I would encourage you to do so. You can catch me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. LinkedIn Uh, I also have a YouTube uh, 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 segment as well I have some great learning videos out there I have some great success videos uh, for high school students or for students I would definitely encourage your students or your children to uh, take a look at those success videos a lot of good information uh, in those videos but I also touch base with me on my website At www.shipmanconsulting.com. Also, don't forget about my new book. Again, the book is called Money Responsibly. You can reserve your autographed copy at my website, shipmanconsulting.com, or you can purchase it on Amazon. Now, I want you to remember these words regarding your money and your life Give cheerfully, spend carefully. And invest wisely. Now, we will have a a guest on next week's show. So uh, make sure you look for my social media postings. Uh, Of course, the show will be next Tuesday at 830. But you can find out who the guest will actually be. You're in for a treat on next Tuesday. Well, that's all we we have for tonight. Uh, As usual, let's see what we're going to go out with tonight. How about a little bit of Eric, excuse me. Bad, bad, bad me. Everett Hart. Mr. Everett Hart, smooth jazz artist. Take care, everyone. Talk to you soon. <laughs>